This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. All right, turn to Proverbs chapter 3. This is our daily reading this morning. How many of you did your daily reading? Three of you? Come on. How many of you did your daily reading? Now, you can't lie. You're in church. Proverbs chapter 3, this is part of our our daily reading this morning. I'm going to start here. Uh, Pastor Tom has given me an assignment to continue. Pastor Tom started last week on the Holy Spirit, and he taught on the person, power, and work of the Holy Spirit. Did you enjoy that last week? The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He is a person, and he is God. Look at your neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit is God. And Pastor Tom taught us how the Holy Spirit works in the new birth. My assignment this morning is how to be led by the Spirit. And if you want to put a title on this message, here's the title. It seems good. It seems good. So Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. In other words, I like to think about it like this. Trust God and don't try to figure it out. Trust God. God, that he's smarter than you, amen? We want to trust God and don't try to figure the things out. You know, uh, this happened many years ago. I said, Lord, how are you going to do this? And the Lord spoke to me many years ago, and he said, don't be concerned about the how, just believe that I will. So don't try to figure it out. Don't say, Lord, how. The how's up to God. You trust and obey. God will do the rest. Trust and obey. Remember this, obedience is the breeding ground for miracles. Do you want a miracle? We just need to obey. Whatever the Lord tells us to do, let's just do. Do it with all your heart. Amen? So we trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. So let's get into this. Romans chapter 8. Pastor Tom just said, just teach. So I'm going to teach you a little bit today about the leading of God. And this is not just a message. This is something that I've walked out. I've walked these things out so I can speak from experience. Romans chapter 8. Verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This is Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So sons and daughters can expect to be led by the Holy Spirit. So you need to expect. I've learned this from God. Is a, You don't necessarily get what you believe. You get what you expect. So do you have an expectancy? Are you expecting the Holy Spirit to lead you. How many sons are in the house? How many daughters? 
sons and daughters. We can expect the Holy Spirit to lead us. But what we need to understand is how does God lead? How does he lead us? So I, I believe I'm going to be able to communicate this where we understand it. Verse 16 or look at verse 15, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Daddy God. I'm so glad he's my daddy. That makes it more personal. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the primary way that God leads us is by the inward witness. He is the inward witness, and it's not a voice. It's not a vision. It's actually an inward perception. Colossians 3 says, let the peace of God be your umpire. So we need to follow peace. But I want to, I, 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 this should be on the board. This is about a witness. When the court calls in a witness, there's a purpose for a witness. A witness is one who testifies. So the court of law calls a witness in. Why do they want the witness? Because he saw it, he heard it, and he experienced it. So I want you to think about the inward witness on the inside of you has already seen everything you're going to see. He's already heard everything you're going to hear. And he's already experienced everything that you're going to experience. So that's why God wants us to allow him to lead us. But remember, it's not a, it's not a voice. It's just a peace that we follow. This, I've learned this. The, the Holy Spirit leads us 95% of the time through the inward witness, not by a voice. Now, God can speak audibly. He can also lead through dreams and visions, but primarily the way God is going to lead you, my dear brothers and sisters, is by the inward witness. I'm so glad he's already been everywhere I'm going to go. He's already seen everything that I'm going to see. He's already experienced everything that I'll ever experience in life. Remember, he's God. So we can trust him to lead us. He'll, if we learn to be led by the Spirit, he'll lead you right into the provision of God. He'll lead you right in to your destiny. Amen? So I want to help you with this inward witness, and I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1, and this will help us to be led by the Spirit. But I want you to study this out for yourself. Do your own research. I want to I hear that again. Do your own research. <laughs> so we need to study these things out for ourselves. I, you know, I don't have a whole lot of time, so we have to go quick. Are you quick this morning? Okay, Luke chapter 1. How does the Holy Spirit lead us? Luke chapter 1, verse 3. So we know Luke wrote the book of Luke, but he also wrote the book of Acts. Did you know that? So he wrote the book of Acts also. And look at this in verse 3. Now this is King James. 
Luke 1, verse 3, it says, It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto you in order, most excellent Theophilus. Isn't it amazing that Luke wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts just simply because it seemed good? He didn't have a vision. God did not audibly speak to him. He just, it just seemed good. See, we need to understand your seamer or the inward witness is just as supernatural as the audible voice of God. It's just not spectacular, but it's just as supernatural. So it wrote, Luke just said, you know what? It just seemed good for me to write. And after he did that, then he wrote the book of Acts on the same it seems good. And both of those books made it into the Bible. That tells you how powerful the inward witness is. So here's a real simple way to be led by the Spirit. If it seems good, go. As long as it seems good. Now if you have that check and you don't have that piece, then you need to stop. But as long as it seems good, keep going. You know, Pastor Tom teaches us patterns and principles. I want to show you a pattern in the book of Acts about following your seamer. Is that okay? Turn to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. So how many of you are going to start following your seamer? Two of you? Let me show you this. Acts chapter 15, verse 25. Again, this is King James. Should be on the board or on the screen. Acts 15, 25. Notice what it says. It seemed good unto us, being assembled with one, uh, with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Saul. Verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. See, the pattern in the New Testament or in the book of Acts, they just simply followed their seamer. And if it seemed good, they felt like that was the leading of God. See, that's not complicated, is it? You know, yes, God can speak audibly, and when we look where God spoke audibly or they had dreams in the book of Acts, that was the exception and not the rule. We think it happened every day. You know, with Paul, maybe two or three times in his entire ministry did he have something actually spectacular or the leading of God was spectacular. These apostles were led by the inward witness. It seemed good. And remember, that's just as supernatural as the audible voice of God. So let's learn to follow our seamer and just keep moving. Don't just wait for a vision or wait for a prophecy. If it seems good, go. Amen? There, there's, there's, many, there's many, oh, we'll get to that in a minute. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Hallelujah. So the New Testament pattern on being led by the Spirit, follow your seamer. 
Hallelujah. Look at Acts 27. Acts chapter 27. Now, I'm not going to read this story. I just want to read one verse to you. Acts chapter 27, verse 10. Thank God for our media. The media are doing a great job. Thank you, media. Acts 27, verse 10. It said unto them, this is Paul, and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only to the lading of the ship, but also our lives. Now, I want you, you can, you know, when you have time, read Acts 27. Study it. Do your research. <laughs> but Acts 27, verse 10, Paul just said he perceived. He didn't hear a voice. He didn't have a vision. He said, if we take this voyage, not only are we going to lose or our life's in danger, we're going to lose our ship. There's going to be much, much damage. Well, when you read the story, shortly after they took off, they entered into a hurricane. The, the King James called the storm Eurachlodon. Anything that's named Eurachlodon, you don't want anything to do with. But the storm was hurricane proportion. And they were in the storm for two weeks. And Paul said, you should have listened to me. You realize they lost all their possessions. They lost the ship. But Paul said, because you're with me, all of you, if you do what I say, will live and not die. Isn't it wonderful? Because Paul was on the ship, God spared everyone. Think about it. God spares the people around you just because of you. There was over 270 people on the ship, and everybody survived because God wanted Paul to get to Rome. God has a destination for every one of you, and he's going to spare the people that are around you so that you can get to your God-given destiny. Amen. That's good, isn't it? Hallelujah. Learning to listen to the inward witness, he will lead you right, into the, right out of danger and right into the provision of God. And I'm going to say it again. Do your own research. I'm giving you plenty of scriptures, but we need to study this. We don't have time to study it all right now. Amen? I want to show you the value of speaking in tongues. Is that okay? How many of you speak in tongues in here? Okay, put your hands down. How many of you don't speak in tongues? Come on, be bold. Oh, my. Today's your day. Let me show you this. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. I want to show you one of the benefits of praying in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14. It is of utmost importance to pray in tongues much because it creates a sensitivity to hear from God. How many of you want to hear from God? Okay, look what it says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. Paul said this, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. What a statement. Paul was looking at the Corinthian church, and he says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. I'm going to take it one step further. I believe I pray in tongues more than all of you. 
except for Pastor Nikki. <laughs> Everybody else, I pray in tongues more than all of you, and maybe Pastor Bonnie. But Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. But then look at the next verse. He said, yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others only also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. What can we learn from this? Speaking in tongues is primarily a devotional tool. It's what you do at home. Apparently, while Paul was walking from church to church, while he was making tents, he did a lot of praying in tongues. So the main purpose, now there's, there's the gift of tongues, but we can't get into that today. The primary purpose of you speaking, being filled with the Spirit and speaking with tongues is a devotional gift. The Bible says when you pray in tongues, you give thanks well. Isn't that good? That you can pray with your understanding and you can worship God, but then you can also turn over into tongues. You can sing in tongues, you can speak in tongues, but you're giving thanks well. It's another form of praise and worship. But Paul said, I speak in tongues. Do you think that benefited him at all? Let me show you this. Look at Acts chapter 15. How did this benefit the Apostle Paul from speaking, why he spoke in tongues so much? Acts 15, verse 36, it says, And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word, where we preach the word of the Lord, and see how they do. Paul, Paul just wanted to go. Paul, this is the beginning of his second missionary journey. Paul had established many churches in his first missionary journey, and he said to Barnabas, let's go. Let's go see how the churches are doing. He didn't have a vision, didn't have a dream. It's just, he just had it on the inside to go see the churches and to see how they're doing. Amen? Let's see what happens. In verse 41 it says, They went through Syria and Cilicia confirming or strengthening the churches. It's good for churches that are strengthened. Is that right? Now this is what I want you to see. Acts chapter 16, verse 5. So were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone throughout Pergia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. I thought we're supposed to preach the word everywhere. Why did the Holy Spirit tell Paul not to go to Asia? And this is what most of us would have done. When we heard that, we would say, oh, that's just the devil. We need to go to Asia. Well, how did Paul, how was he able to determine? Was that the enemy not wanting him to go to Asia? How did he know it was the Holy Spirit? By his devotion and by his prayer life, because he prayed in the Spirit much, he was very sensitive to the leading of God. And the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you going that way. 
You don't have to be concerned right now. You know, we, we need to know the why, but many times you're not going to find out the why until years later. As you grow spiritually, you'll look back and go, that's why God didn't want me to do that. That's why he didn't want me to go there. Right now, we just need to trust and obey. Quit asking so many questions when God's leading. We just need to trust him, and whatever he tells us to do, we're just going to obey. Amen? So he said, don't go there. So Paul didn't question. He just went the other direction. And then in verse 7, it says, after they were gone to Mysia, they essayed to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. So Paul comes to another crossroads. He can go to Bithynia or this other direction, and the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you going there. You and I have learned about God. Don't wait until God says go. Go until he says stop. Did you hear me? Don't wait until God says go. You go until God says stop. Amen. There's plenty of need in this ministry, and when you see need, just go and meet it. In the children's ministry, the youth, the choir, ushers and greeters. If you want to find your God-given destiny, you're going to have to start moving. What I've learned about God is he does not answer prayer sitting at home praying. I mean, don't, don't misunderstand me. Yes, pray. But then when you pray, I want all of you to look at your feet. When you pray, say, feet, now it's time to go. You have to begin to move. You've got to be able to, when you begin to pray, if you're believing God for a job, yes, pray for a job. Then get on your phone and start calling people. Start knocking on doors. Find out where there's opportunity. God answers prayer and opens doors when you move. God has never opened a door for me sitting at home praying. And isn't it amazing that here we have a pattern God did not speak to Paul until he began to move. So you want God to lead you? Get up and start moving in a direction. God is real smart. He'll tell you, don't go there. Okay, well then I can go here, I can go here, or I can go here. That's fine. Just go, but he just, you just don't go where he says, don't go. And that's a pattern in the Bible. God will tell you where he doesn't want you to go, and he gives you the liberty to just move. Trust God. He will, he will tell you not where to go. Amen. Wasn't that, did you have that point on there? That don't, uh, don't wait until God says go? Did you, would they put that up there? Okay. You guys are awesome. Hallelujah. So what is the purpose? Why did God say don't go to Asia? Don't go to Bithynia. God is, can see the future better than you know the past. And God is about to lead the Apostle Paul into his provision. Notice what happens in Acts 16. 
verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over unto Macedonia and help us. So Paul has the vision. First he's led, don't go to Asia, don't go to Bithynia. And then he's, apparently he goes to sleep, and then he has the vision. While he's moving, ladies and gentlemen, while he's moving, that's when God is leading. We all, we want this prophecy. Lord, I just want this vision. And God says, begin to move and then I'll show you. So why, why, is, why was God doing all of this? Look at verse 12, chapter 16. And from thence we went to Philippi which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony, and we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out to the city by the riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and, and we sat down and spoke to the women which resorted there. You know what happened? Paul just, God led him right into Philippi. He gets up one morning with Silas, and he's, they see some women over there praying, and Paul says, well, let's go over and talk to them. This is how supernatural the leading of God is, or the inward witness. Paul was just looking around. What do we need to do, Lord? And he sees a group of women. He goes over there, and this is the beginning of the Philippian church. This is how the Philippian church was started. Paul just saw some women. He just went to talk with them. He meets a woman named Lydia, a seller of purple. She was a very wealthy businesswoman. Do you know what happened? She ended up financing his ministry. Do you see why we need to obey God? Look what happened. A certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple in the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized, her and her household, she besought us, saying, if, we have, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and abide there. And she constrained us. So Paul got to minister to them. And you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read this to you. In Philippians 4, Paul is talking about what happened in Acts chapter 16. Look what it says in Philippians 4 verse 15. He says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Can you see the Holy Spirit will lead you right in to his provision? What if Paul wouldn't have listened? What if he would have went to Asia? What if he would have went to Bithynia? He didn't have that sensitivity. He said, oh, that's the devil. Let's just go into Asia. It would have costed him financially. Do you see why it's so important that we just follow this inward witness on the inside? And as we're following, if it's necessary, God might give you a vision. He might give you a dream. But we can just follow this inward witness, and it will lead you right into the provision of God. But we've got to move. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to get moving. Look at your other neighbor and say, it's time to put your hand to something. In this church, 
There's so much that, that you can put your hand to. If you don't know where to go, there's a guy named here, Pastor Taz. Everybody knows Pastor Taz? Ask him. He'll show you exactly where you can get involved. And I promise you, the Lord, people say, I pastored for years. And people say, well, pastor, I don't feel led to do that. I wanted to carry some lead in my pocket and say, here, feel this. You don't have to be led. Just find a need and begin to work. Quit waiting for the voice of God or a dream to do something. Just begin to do something. As you begin to move, God will direct you right into his perfect will for your life. But you're not going to find it in prayer. And don't misunderstand me. I'm a prayer. But God has showed me praying alone is not enough. You've got to get moving. And again, God answers prayers when you begin to move. That's when the leading of God takes place. If you can't say amen, say oh me. Say something. Hallelujah. So that was point number six. The Holy Spirit leads us as we begin to move. Did you put that one up there too? There you go. The Holy Spirit leads as we begin to move. So we're going to get moving, aren't we? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How am I doing on time? I'm doing okay. I'm going to close with this. Look at 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. And we're going to do a, have a little fun in here. How many of you like to have fun in church? One person. Do you like to have fun in church? We're going to have some fun. Pastor Bonnie has taught me about visual aids. Sometimes I don't like to do them, but we have to obey. <laughs> right? <laughs> you think about this. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. 1 Samuel 10, verse 6. You hear this verse quoted all the time. 1 Samuel 1 Samuel 10, verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. Doesn't that sound exciting? You know what? The Spirit of God is going to come upon you. Anybody, you want the Spirit of God to come upon you? The Spirit of God's going to come upon you, and you will be changed into another man. So, you know, we quote this verse and we say, Lord, we're ready. But I want to illustrate verses 2, 3, and 5 before you actually get to verse 6. Is that okay? See, I'm a Bible school instructor. I've learned to study the Bible in context. You can take a scripture out of context and make the Bible say anything that you want it to say. That's why we say, do your research. You need to study these things out. It's interesting, in Acts chapter 17, the Bible says the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians because they searched the Scriptures daily to see if what Paul said was true. You want to be more noble than the Thessalonians? Then you need to study. You need to research 
Okay, so I need two people, two volunteers, quickly. Come on, I need two, come on, come on, two people, come. All right, these two, you two come over here. Stand over here. Both of you, come over here. Just come back over here. Okay, I need three people, quickly, three. Come on, we got to quickly, quickly. Three of you, come, come. Get up, um, get up on the, uh, the stage up there, please. Three of you, go, go. Quick, quick. Are you quick? Just back up a little bit. Okay, um, who wants to be Samuel the prophet? Come on, where's, where's, I need Samuel the prophet. Come on, now nobody's raising their hand. Come on, Samuel the prophet, come. Okay, Here, here's our prophet. Okay, now you just need to imagine, but over there where Pastor Bonnie is, those are the 50 prophets, those are the company of prophets over there. Okay, wave your hand, prophets, over there. Okay, those are the prophets on that side. Okay, so Samuel, in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 10, verse 1, so anoint me with oil. I, I'm Saul, so just anoint me with oil. So he anoints him with oil, and uh, we see the verse in verse 6 where, and I think this is all Saul probably heard, was the Spirit of God is going to come upon you and you'll be turned to another man. But that's what's going to happen over there. So all of you wave over there. That's, that's, where, that's my destiny. That's where God wants me to go. But in verse 2, Samuel tells me that before you can go there, you have to go here. And I'm thinking, Saul's going, wait a minute, I, I, that's backwards. Many times you think when God's leading you, you're going backwards, but you're not. See, we need to understand, this is what I've learned from Pastor Tom Godly connections, listen to this, godly connections or spiritual fathers, Samuel was a spiritual father to Saul, spiritual fathers will, awake, get, or will awaken anointings that we have on the inside of us. And if you don't, if you're not obedient to these godly connections, you'll have gifts on the inside of you that will remain dormant the rest of your life. I had already been in the ministry 17 years when I came here in 2007. Pastor Tom saw some things in me that I didn't know were there. And what he did is he began to stretch me. Stretching is not fun. But if you're not stretched, you're not growing. If you're always comfortable, you're not growing. So for some reason, you know, Samuel said, you need to go here before you go there. Why? There was an impartation that Saul was going to get from these two men. In other words, these two men were going to awaken something on the inside of him. So he went over here in chapter 2. No, you, you need to stay here. You're, you're, you're not with me. You stay right here. I'll be back to you in a minute. Remember, this is, this is Samuel, right? So Saul goes over to these two, and you know we can just you can just read it. It's probably up there. He went to uh, and he met these two men, and there was some sort of impartation or something needed to be awakened. Remember this: anointings in others will awaken your anointing. This is why we need a man of God. This is why we, we need a spiritual father. I'm here today because of Pastor Tom and Pastor Bonnie and what they've done. They've awakened some things on the inside of me that I did not see. That's why we need a mom and dad spiritually. They see things that we don't see. So he got this, uh, there was an impartation. These two men provoked something on the inside of him. So now, Samuel, I'm ready to go where the anointing is. I'm ready to go. You're supposed to tell me no. 
Because verse 3 says, I have to go up there. But see, Saul is going, I want to go there. That's where my destiny is. I want to go there. And Samuel's going, no, before you go there, you have to go here. You ever felt that way? You want to go a particular place and God says, no, you're not ready. You're not ready. We have to obey. You're not ready. Saul was not ready, so he had to go up here. He didn't want to. He wants to go there. So he goes up here. And he meets three men, very specific word of knowledge or actually a word of wisdom that was given to Saul. And he comes here and apparently these three men had something that Saul needed to prepare him for his destiny. Do you see, the kingdom is all about relationships. You never meet people by accident. Never. You need to understand, whenever you come in contact with people, there are things that you're helping them. Remember, relationship is not one-sided. It's always a two-way street. What can I do for you? And what can they do for me? There was, some, there was an impartation that Saul received with these three men. And then he looks at uh, Samuel. Can I go now? I want to go to the anointing. See, Saul had not even experienced the anointing yet. He didn't, then all of a sudden, can I go? You say yes, that's okay now. Okay. So now I can go. I'm going to the company of the prophets, and this is the first time Saul actually experienced the anointing. See, we want the anointing. We want the power. We want, to, we want you know, to overcome. And God says, before those things are going to take place, you have to go there, and then you have to go there. And these are the impartations that we all need so that we can grow. So then, now we're in the anointing. <laughs> uh, we got the prophets. And then what happened was the company of prophets, they began to prophesy. And then what happened? The anointing came on Saul, and he began to prophesy. And then the Spirit of God came upon him. But notice obedience is the breeding ground for miracles. You want some miracles? We have to obey. And even, and again, God will have us go to certain places. He'll stretch us. He uses a man of God a spiritual father to stretch us, and that's how we grow. When I came in contact, when, after I stopped pastoring, I, and I pastored for 13 years. I was in the children's ministry for seven, so I'd already been in the ministry about 20. And when I came in contact with Pastor Tom and Pastor Bonnie, I grew more spiritually in three years than I did in my entire ministry. But it's not, listen to me, it's not comfortable because you're being stretched this way, and you're being stretched this way. You say, my God, how much can I be stretched? But when you're stretched, you're going to grow. Amen? Thank you, guys. Hallelujah. So maybe you'll look at this story a little bit differently. And I want to read the, again verse 6. It says, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Then verse 7, and let it be known, these signs, everybody say signs, are come to you that you do as occasion serve me, for God is with you. See, we think about signs and wonders as miracles from heaven. And they are, but I want you to think about this. The sign that changed Saul was people.
The sign that changed me was not a miracle from heaven. It was people. It was Pastor Tom and Pastor Bonnie. Realize that. We're always thinking miracles come from heaven, and they do. But we miss, so many times we're looking for the spectacular, and you miss the supernatural. Quit looking for the spectacular when you have the supernatural living on the inside of you. And if you begin to follow that inward witness, it'll lead you right into God's perfect provision for your life. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word today. Father, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. Holy Spirit, help us not to just be hearers, but to be doers of the word. Holy Spirit, you're the helper. We're the doer. We'll do it and you help us do it. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.